Do you ever wonder if your life really matters? Pastor Rick says God has a good plan and purpose for your life. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Live Your Calling. What on earth am I here for? In these lessons, you'll discover that real meaning and significance come from understanding and fulfilling God's purpose for you here on earth. In a moment, we're going to tell you how to get a hard-covered copy of Pastor Rick's number one best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life. As you journey through this book, you'll discover the purposes you were created for and begin living the life of significance you were meant to live. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called, You Are Called to Become. So as I spend time focusing on Jesus every day, it says we become more and more like him. And then it says we reflect his glory. Circle that word reflect. If you spend time with God, you're going to start reflecting the qualities of God, his love, his joy, his peace, his patience. This reflection is actually has a biological basis in your brain. Scientists have discovered that inside your brain, you have what are called mirror neurons. A lot of study being done on this right now. Mirror neurons. And what the mirror neurons do is they allow you to feel what other people feel when you look at them. It's why you're able to empathize and sympathize with people. And so, for instance, if I were to yawn right now, half the church would start yawning. In fact, me just saying the word yawn makes some of you want to yawn. And your, your mirror neurons are firing. It's why when you go to a movie and you see somebody in a scary situation, your body gets scared. The mirror neurons are firing in your body. And when you see somebody win a game and they're celebrating, you feel that same joy. You didn't even play the game, but you felt it because your mirror neurons are enjoying the win that that guy just had. It allows you to identify. And when somebody's sad, you feel sad. And if you're watching a movie and somebody gets kissed, you feel that. You feel good. You feel, what's it like to feel loved, to feel cherished, to feel embraced? Those are your mirror neurons at work. When you spend time with God and you focus on him, your mirror neurons begin to reflect God's love, God's qualities in your life. You tend to see things the way he sees it, and you become more and more like him. All right, number four. The fourth thing on the steps of finishing the race of life is this. When it gets hard, remember the reward. When life gets hard, you need to remember the reward. Now, as I said, this goal for God to make you the man he wants you to be, for God to make you the woman he wants you to become, It's a lifetime process. It's not a 50-yard dash. And so you're going to go through a lot of problems and pressures and trials and difficulties and ups and downs. And God's going to use it all to make you more like Jesus. Now, since God's number one goal is to make you like Christ, that's what he wants you. He wants you to be loved, he wants you to belong, and he wants you to become like Christ. 
then it means God is going to take you, listen very closely, if God's going to make you like Jesus, he's going to take you through everything Jesus went through. Were there times when Jesus was lonely? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was uh, criticized? Yes. Times when Jesus was betrayed? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was worn out with fatigue and yet had to keep going? Yes. Were there times when he was misunderstood? Yes. And if God did not spare his own son those things, why do you think he would spare you? He won't. The next time you start to ask, why is this happening to me? You need to realize God wants to use it to build your attitude, to build your character. God wants to use it to make you like Christ. And instead of asking why, you need to say what? What do you want me to learn from this situation? The Bible says Jesus learned obedience through suffering. The Bible says Jesus was made complete through suffering. You're gonna learn them the same way. So you shouldn't be surprised when problems come into your life because this isn't the easy stage. That happens in eternity. In eternity, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sadness, no more problems, no more difficulties. But right now, you're gonna have all kinds of problems because this is where you do the character development, where you're growing and you're becoming. And when life gets hard, you need to remember the rewards. Problems are part of the process. Let me show you some verses here on your outline. The next verse in Hebrews 12 says this, verse two and three. Jesus did not give up when he's, he's running his race because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him in heaven, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross because he knew the reward on the other side. And now he's seated at the right side of God's throne. So think what, of what he went through and how he put up with so much, so much hatred from sinners. So don't let yourselves become discouraged and give up. Say, you know, this is just part of the plan. The problems are part of the plan. Look at the next verse. Here's a great promise, 1 Peter chapter 5. After you suffer for a while, for a short time, God, who gives all grace, will make everything right. That's a great promise. He will make you strong. He will support you. He will keep you from falling. That's good news when you're in the middle of a problem. He called you to share in the glory in his glory, he called you to share in his glory in Christ, a glory that will continue forever. So we have short-term problems on earth for long-term glory in heaven. Now, God does not promise an easy life here on earth. He does promise reward in heaven for the things you learn from it if you become more and more like Christ. God, anybody who tells you life is easy is out of touch with reality. Fact is, life is hard. Everybody agree with that? Life is hard. It's not easy. Why? Because this isn't heaven. This is earth. Everything on this planet's broken. Is, is there pleasure on earth? Of course there is. Are there happy times on earth? Of course there are. Are there moments of joy on earth? Yes. Are there times when things are going great? Yes. But as a general rule, life is hard. You're not on easy street. Everything in life you have to struggle for, you have to work for. It's not easy. This is intentional. And you're learning through the school of character development, the character that you're gonna carry with you into heaven. 
The Bible says this. Look here on the screen. It's not on your outline. Romans chapter 8. Since we are his children, God's children, we will share in his treasures. In other words, we get the inheritance. If, if you're in a family, you, you inherit the family treasures. For everything God gives to his son Christ is ours too. What a deal. God owns everything in the universe. He says, we get to share it as children. But, here's the but, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. I don't like that part. Let's just cut that part out of the Bible, okay? We'll just forget that part. No, it says, if you're going to share in his glory, then you're going to share in his suffering. No, no guts, no glory. No, no pain, no gain. And they said, this is part of life. Don't be surprised. And when life gets hard, you need to remember the reward. Now, this week, we're doing a memory verse every week. This week, we're going to memorize part of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. So let's put it up here on the screen. Romans 8, 28 says, In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, remember we say the verse, we say the address at the beginning, at the end. So let's read it aloud together. Romans 8, 28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. Now, by the way, where does in the Bible does it say that all things work together for the good of those who love God? Romans 8, 28. And what does Romans 8, 28 say? In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And where is that? Romans 8, 28. Number five, the fifth step in the, the marathon to maturity is I must gather a team to run with me. I gather a team to run with me. Now it's your race, and nobody can run your race, but people can support you in your race. And what is helpful is that in your life, at different stages of the race, you're gonna need different people to run along with you. Nobody is gonna run your entire life with you. Because even if you married, there were years that you didn't know that person. But at different stages in life, you have people running with you through life, helping you, encouraging you, supporting you. That's called a small group. If you don't have anybody running with you, you're not going to make it to the end of the race. You're going to give up, you're going to discourage, and you're not going to become the woman you were intended to be. You're not going to become the man God created you to be. You need some other people in your life who are encouraging you, spurring you on, helping you run your race. You know, I've been to Africa many, many times. There's an old proverb in Africa that says, to run fast, run by yourself. But to run far, run with other people. See, I don't want you to just run fast and burn out. Every one of us know people who started off great in life and they're nowhere to be found today. They had so much potential. They had so much ability. And you think, that guy, he's going somewhere. She is really going far. And you knew it. And where they are today, they're sidelined. They're doing nothing. They're wasting their life. Why? They didn't have anybody running with them. You need a small group. You, need a few. you don't need 100 people running with you. You don't even need 10 people running with you. You need three or four running with you who you're running with them and they're running with you and you're supporting each other. When you feel like giving up, they keep you going. 
Hebrews chapter 10 says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and to good deeds. Spur, that means encourage. How do we encourage each other to to do the right thing? Let us not give up meeting together. He's talking about a small group. Let us not give up meeting together. I hope hope you're gonna keep your small group after we finish this series. As some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another as you see the day is approaching. Why do some people not make it to the finish line? Why do we get stuck? Why do we stop growing? Why do we settle for second best and less than God's plan in our life? Why do we cop out and give up? One reason, fear. It's fear. And a lot of times, we don't even realize how fearful we are. But what we think is, I am so afraid of failing. I'm so afraid that I won't be able to measure up. I'm so afraid that I can't keep this commitment. I won't even try. And it is fear that causes you to miss God's best for your life. But when you belong to a small group, and that small group believes in you, and that small group loves you, then when you are beloved and you belong, you can become. And they give you the courage to do things. Having a small group who loves you unconditionally gives you the courage to start the race, gives you the courage to stay in the race, gives you the courage to finish the race, and gives you the courage to get up and start over when you've stumbled and really screwed it up. They say, you can do this. You can do it. Now, that is a safe place. When you get in a small group where people love you unconditionally, that doesn't happen overnight. You don't, a small group doesn't become safe in three weeks or five weeks or six weeks. It takes time. As you begin to learn to know these people, that you begin to trust them. You know their weaknesses, they know yours. You begin to be more open. You can say, I really had a tough time today. And you begin to have more openness with them because you're safe then you can grow. I am in a very safe small group, but it didn't happen overnight. We figured out this week that the group we started, that I'm in right now, we started during the campaign 50 Days of Love. I know those people like the back of my hand. I know their strengths, their weaknesses, and I know that if I were to get sick tonight at 3 a.m. in the morning, any one of them would get out of bed and take me to the hospital because I've done it for them and they've done it for me and we've been there for each other in the last 12 years through every major problem you can think of. And I I said this before, I wouldn't be pastor of this church if it weren't for my small group. They've helped me through some very tough times. You need to gather a team to run with you. Okay, number six, this is a big one. When you're running the race of life, you need to realize God is cheering me at every stage. I need to realize when I'm running a race of life to become the man or the woman God wants me to be that God is cheering me at every stage of life. Some of you have the mistaken idea that God only smiles at you when you do things right. Or that God only smiles at you once you've reached the finish line. Once you've arrived at maturity, then God is gonna like you, but until you become spiritually mature, God doesn't have any time of day for you. You're dead wrong. Nobody shames a baby for not knowing how to read, you dumb, dumb baby. (laughs) 
You don't expect a baby to be able to read. Nobody shames a 10-year-old for not knowing how to drive or balance a checkbook. You dumb 10-year-old. No, no. You know what is appropriate for that stage of growth. When my grandkids draw me a picture and they bring it to me, I say, that's perfect. Now, I'm not saying it's a Picasso. I'm saying it's perfect for that stage of their development. God smiles at you at every stage of your development. He's not waiting for you to get to a certain level of maturity before he says, you're okay. You're already okay in his eyes because Christ died for you. Nobody shames a baby for not being mature. And you need to not be ashamed at whatever stage of spiritual growth you are in right now. A lot of times we secretly think, man, I should be further along than this. Given my age, I should be a lot more mature. I shouldn't have these problems anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm this number of years old. Why am I still having this hang up? Why am I still having this problem? Why am I still having this difficulty? And we start shaming ourselves because we think God is ashamed of us. God is not ashamed of you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now why is this important that you realize that God is cheering you at every stage of your life? Because the major reason you don't become the man you're supposed to be is shame. It's shame. And what happens is, instead of admitting that we don't have it all together, we spend all of our time and energy trying to pretend that we have it all together. Faking it, wearing a mask, pretending, acting like I got it all together, when inside you know I don't have it all together by a long shot. Now, I hate to shock you, but everybody in the world knows you don't have it together. (laughs) In fact, you're the only one who doesn't know it. God knows you don't have it all together. As your pastor, I know you don't have it all together. All your friends know you don't have it together. They just want you to admit it. You don't have it all together. When you start becoming vulnerable and you start admitting, you know what, my life is really screwed up. My life is really a mess. There's a lot of areas here that just aren't right. Then you can stop spending all that energy on faking it and pretending and convert that energy into becoming. You can either become what God wants you to be or you can pretend you've already got it together. But you can't have enough energy to do both. This is why I love Celebrate Recovery so much. It's my favorite ministry in our church because the first step of the 12 steps in Celebrate Recovery is I get out of denial. I quit faking it. I quit pretending like I've got it all together. I quit trying to pretend that I don't have problems. Instead, I just admit my life is unmanageable and I need a manager and that manager needs to be God. God is God and I'm not. Once you come to that, there's a great relief because you quit trying to fake it anymore. You realize God loves me even though my life's pretty screwed up right now. He's still cheering me on. And now I can actually start working on it. And by the way, Celebrate Recovery is not just for people who have an addiction to say alcohol or a drug or something. Everybody needs recovery, why? Because everybody's broken. You're emotionally broken. Your emotions don't work perfectly. You're relationally broken. Your relationships sure don't work perfectly. Your mind is broken. You don't think right all of the time. Everything in your life, your body is broken. So we all need recovery. And if you think I don't need recovery, then you're the one who really needs recovery. Because everybody needs to grow, and you can't grow until you admit, I don't have it all together. 
I don't, here, now here's another passage, Philippians chapter three in the Bible. It's another one of these classic passages on the race of life. Paul, this is the guy who wrote most of the New Testament part of the Bible, Paul says this, St. Paul. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Now wait a minute, this is the guy who wrote the Bible and he's going, hey, I don't have it together. I'm not saying I've already achieved all this. I'm not saying I've already done all this. I'm not saying I'm perfect. He's not. He's saying, thank God I'm not what I used to be. And I am what I am. Thank God I'm not what I'm going to be one day. He says, I, I don't have it already achieved these things. I haven't already gotten to perfection. But, he says, I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. One day, I keep, I'm gonna be what God wants me, the man God wants me, one day I'll be that. He says, I'm still not there. I'm still not all I should be. But I am focusing on all my energies on this one thing. I forget the past, you know all those dumb decisions that really messed me up? I'm, it's gone, my past is past. I'm gonna forget the past, forgetting the past Looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling, there's that word, the third calling to become, is calling us up to heaven. So they just keep on going. I don't have it all together, but I keep straining ahead. Now, God is cheering you at every stage of the race. Those of you who are parents, have you ever watched your child run a race at school? Yes. At what point did you start cheering them? When they crossed the finish line? No. You start cheering your kids the moment they started the race. When the whistle was blown or the gun was shot and they get out of the starting box, you're going, let's go, let's go, let's go. You can do it, you can do it. You're cheering them at every stage of the race. God is doing that with you right now. Let's go, I know you can do it. I know, keep going, keep going. You're doing good, you're doing great. Keep running, keep running. And God is cheering you at every, he's not waiting for you to get to the finish line. And what happens if you have a child who stumbles in the race and falls flat on their face and embarrasses themselves? What do you do? You cheer more. Come on, I know you can do it. Get up, I believe in you. You cheer more when they stumble. This is life changing for some of you right now. You've never realized that God is cheering for you the moment you stumble. He's going, I know you can do it. You're better than this. I believe in you, I created you. I sent my son to die for you. I want you in my family. Come on, you can do it. I know you stumble. God isn't saying, oh, you worthless piece of baloney. I regret the day that I, I, I created you once I, no, that's not God, that's your dad. Don't project an unpleasable parent onto God. You may have grown up with a mother or father that no matter what you did, it wasn't good enough. And it was, you, come on, you could do better than that. Are you kidding me? And they shamed you your entire life. That's not God. God is cheering you 
every moment. And when you stumble, he cheers more. Come on. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I, believe, I made you. I created you. I died for you. I love you. I've got to put my spirit in your life. And he cheers even louder. You need to never forget that truth. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive hope and encouragement every day, delivered right to your inbox, then sign up for Rick's free daily devotional by going to PastorRick.com right now. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, do you ever wonder if your life really matters, or what on earth are you here for? Pastor Rick says God has a good plan and a purpose for your life. Here's Rick to tell you more. One of the things that I've discovered is that everybody eventually asks the questions of significance. Why am I here? And what is my purpose? What on earth am I here for? That's why 10 years ago, I wrote the book, Purpose Driven Life, because I wanted to help people like you understand how God created us for five eternal purposes. The Bible says that long before we heard of Christ, he had his eye on us had his designs on us for glorious living, that it was part of his overall purpose that he's working out in everything and everyone. God has never made a person that he doesn't have a purpose for. You know, that simple message needs to be shared with a whole new generation. A young girl who was 12 years old when I wrote Purpose Driven Life is now 22. And she needs to hear this essential message that God has a plan, has a purpose, and has a reason for everything that happens in our lives. So I've updated the purpose-driven life. And what I did is after reading hundreds of thousands of comments that have come into me over the past decade, I've added two new chapters that'll help you handle the two most common problems and barriers to living a life of purpose. Now I want you to have this newly revised, expanded copy of Purpose Driven Life. I think you'll find it's a fresh reminder of things that you may have forgotten when you first read it. Or you might want to give the book to somebody who has never read it and is struggling to find their purpose. So this month, I'm offering to you a hardback copy of the updated, expanded edition of Purpose Driven Life. What on earth am I here for? It's my gift to you for your financial support of this ministry. As you go through this book, you'll discover that real meaning and significance come from understanding and fulfilling God's purpose for you here on earth, and how living out the purpose you were created for moves you beyond mere survival and success to a life of significance, the life you were meant to live. As thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world, We'll send you The Purpose Driven Life by Pastor Rick. Go to PastorRick.com to support Daily Hope, and we'll send you this powerful resource. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Be sure to join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.